Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Good morning. How are you this morning? Are you all well? Fantastic. Who's sitting next to somebody they like? Put your hand up. Who's not? We can shift you. Let me tell you this. We can make it happen. So, hey, it's great to be here and it's great to have the sunshine out in London. Isn't that great? Uh, we, we happen in, in Australia, that happens every day of our lives. So just, just thought I'd tell you that. Uh, but it's great to be here. I'm married next year in January the 8th. I'll have been married 35 years. Isn't that fantastic? 35 years and uh, moving on to right through to hopefully another 100 years, which will be great. Uh, My wife is an Australian beauty. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. She seems to get uh, better looking with age. Isn't that great? It's great for me. (laughs) I tell you, it's awesome. And um, she's an author. She's authored 17 books uh, if you actually, if you go online and you'll come under Meredith Resky or Golden Grain Publishing, you will be able to get her books. So she's very talented. I'm very blessed. I do bat above my average, let me tell you. Um, but 16 of those books, she's a historical Christian romance writer. So there's a lot of romance. The reason she's written so many books is because all, living with me, there's all that love and it just goes right out of her books. And I'm a little bit worried because her last book is a murder mystery. <laughs> So I'm not really sure where we're going with all this, but we'll see what happens. Look, this morning, um, you know, look, I I do um, move in a prophetic realm. And this morning I want to speak into the life of your church. Is that okay? Usually what happens is that, uh, you know, we we minister. I love ministering to people and, uh, you know, God loves people. How many of you know that? What, What I love about God is that in the crowd, he... He doesn't get deterred by crowds, but he's always able to, to, you know, just reach out to that one individual. And today, even though there's a crowd, God knows you personally. And that's really, really important. But just before I do, look, there's a young lady just sitting just over here. Just to encourage you, you're in the second row. You've seen me and you're going, please don't talk to me. (laughs) Just give me a little bit of wave. Is that okay? Do you know what? I, I just want to encourage you this morning. There's a bit of a struggle going on in your, in your, does she understand English? Yeah, do you understand? Where are you from? And, and a Romanian person. Do you, do you want to... You understand? Okay, yeah. I'm glad she understands. I'll tell you, that helps me a lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Just God wants to bring you in a place of rest. You know, there's a bit of a struggle going on in your soul. There's some challenges and there's some frustrations, but you know, the best thing to do is just surrender those things to God. Is that all right? So I just want you to close your eyes just for a minute. Is that all right? Could you close your eyes? Just put your hands out in front of you. All right, beautiful. Let me pray for you. Father, just thank you. Come on, let's all pray together. Is that all right? Father, I thank you for this young lady. And Father, I thank you that in the circumstances, and even in the storm she finds herself in, Father, I pray for peace, and I pray for courage. And Lord, I just pray that she can come to a place where she can surrender those things to you. And as she does, Lord, I just believe you're going to turn those things around. You're going to bring a peace in her soul. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Why don't you give her a big, big hand this morning? Is that okay? Hey, this is... I'm going to talk about three things today, okay? These are the most important things that, you know, I want to 
present to you today. So you're a, this is a great church. How many of you know that? Got great worship. You know, just turned to your pastor and I said, wow, this is great worship. Sophie and your team, absolutely brilliant. And you should give them a big hand. They do an incredible job. Great spirit. This is a great church and you're in a great season. But, uh, you know, God's got another season for you to go to. How many of you know that? You know, there's a shift about to happen in your church. And the title of my message this morning is, It's Time to Move Forward. How many of you are ready to move forward? God wants to take you, not just individually, but as a church, God wants to move you forward into new seasons of God and into new stages of Growth. Let me just give you a scripture just to head this off. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6, this is what it says. You've stayed long enough at this place, but break camp and advance into the hill country. See, I'm giving you this land. Go and take possession of it. Do you know, this scripture really encourages us that God is a God that wants us to move forward. God has got new seasons of growth. God has got new seasons of anointing upon our lives. And God wants us to move forward. So number one, I don't believe that this is necessarily a locational shift. Even though the day is going to come, and I say this prophetically, the day is going to come where I believe that you'll have different locations as a church. How many of you think that would be a great idea, just to have different locations as a church? So I don't believe primarily that this is a locational shift, more than it is a heart shift, more than it is a seasonal and a shift of your growth and maturity as Christians and as the church. You know, new levels of maturity give you access to greater things. How many of you know that? And God wants to give you greater access to the things of the kingdom. Do you know, in one of our campuses, to get into the building, you have to have access. You've got to have a key card to access that building. Once you get into that building... That building has got great offices. It's got great opportunities to do some great things for God. But you need access to get in. And many times what happens is the reason we can't access the fulfillment or sometimes the fulfillment of prophecies or new levels of authority is because of that maturity level. And God wants to take this church to greater heights in Him. Can you give God a hand of praise for that today? So here's this. This is what I'm, I believe, that this locational, not this locational shift, but this rather this seasonal and maturity shift, this is what it's going to do to your church. There's going to be a greater level of anointing, authority, and confidence. Do you know, you know, yesterday I just walked around a little bit of Bromley, and you know, there's great needs in this community. How many of you know that? There's great needs in this community. They're right at your doorstep. They're at your neighborhood. But friends, let me tell you this. I believe that Jesus Christ wants to change and revolutionize this neighborhood. Do you believe that? That's why you are here. But to do that, you need to access greater anointing and greater authority and greater confidence in God. And that's what the access is going to do. Secondly, I believe that there's going to be a greater influence and impact on this community. God, as we take those shifts, there'll be a greater influence and impact in the community. There'll be greater favor and grace. How many of you want greater favor and grace, not just upon your church, but upon your family, upon your own life. There'll also be a greater mobilization and multiplication of God, what God wants to do. In the next three years, I really believe that this church, because of the shift that you're just about to take, you will see not just the results, but the fruit of what God is going 
going to do in this great place. So that's the first thing. You are in a shift. I believe there's a spiritual shift that's going to bring greater access of authority and anointing in the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing I want you to grab a hold of today. This new season, this new stage of growth and maturity will demand change. Now, how many of you like change? Put your hand up if you like change. Not many of us like change. But you know, new shifts in God demand change. Growth demands change. You know, I'm 58 years old. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, a lot younger, before I was, you know, in my early teens, I actually played Aussie Rules. I don't know. Do you know Aussie Rules? Do you understand Aussie Rules here? It's, it's a combination of soccer, your football, it's a combination of rugby and wrestling all in one hit. And, uh, you know, I used to play Aussie rules. I could play two games, one after the other. Today I get out of bed and I pull a hamstring just getting out of bed. And that's because my body has changed. And, you know, this is what happens. Change demands what happens. It demands that we do have to make different changes. Now let me just give you some things just to highlight this. Do you know as a parent, how many parents do we have here today? Put your hand up if you're a parent. Put it up higher. Don't be embarrassed. It's good. It's good to have kids. But, you know, parenting, I used to think that, you know, it was the kids. As my kids went from children to teenage years, that they were going through the changes. I didn't realize that as a parent, I had to make some changes. I had to shift. You know, psychologists say that there are three stages to parenting. And you've got to understand as a parent that as growth comes in your family, it will demand you to change. And, you know, this is what happened. Here's the first stage. It's what they call the commander stage. Nought to 12, a parent is uh, in the commander stage. I love the commander stage. The commander stage is where you say to your kid, hey, with your hope, you can give them instructions and they need to do what they need to do. You know, like I said, I'm 58 years old. Um, my mother, she's a five foot two. She's Italian. I'm Italian. She's five foot two. She still thinks I'm in the commander stage. You know, she rings me up and she gives me what for. And I said, Mum, I'm 58 years old. Give me a break. I'm an adult. If a parent doesn't shift and change, it, it psychologically, it, it, it sort of affects the child's development. The second stage is what we call the counselling stage. From the ages of 13 to 20, a parent has got to shift uh, in, his, in their understanding of how to develop a child because we have to teach children that there are consequences to their choices and decisions. And, you know, man, I battled with that. My wife said to me, when my daughter, you know, hit those teenage years, 15 or 16 years old, and, you know, she's a little bit like me. She's got a very strong will. And, uh, you know, I, I was trying to, you know, obviously help her through that, I thought. But, you know, I just, I just thought, well, you know, you've got to do what Dad says. I was in the commander stage. But I didn't realize that I was actually making, I had to change to help her in a development. The third stage is what we call the, the companion stage. From 20 onwards, not that they don't have respect for you, but what happens is you have to walk with them differently. And if you don't make those changes, you can't capture and access you know, their development. The same is true for church life. How many of you know that? Change is absolutely important into shifting us into new seasons of God. Let me give you another example. How many of you here are married? Put your hand up if you're married. How many put your hand up higher? You, you'd sort of, oh, I don't really know if I'm married. Put your hand up really high. How many of you love being married? Wow, good. Who, who's sitting next to their husband or wife? Put your hand up. Now, don't knock 
your partner as I give this detail because every time someone comes into our church and I'm sitting next to my wife and what happens is that she's, um, you know, someone says something about marriage and it's got to do with something constructive. She's always, you know, like, that's you, that's you. So don't do that, okay? That's not good. But, you know, in, in love, there are, there are six stages of maturing love. Did you know that? And psychologists, again, this is what they say. This, let me give you those six stages very, very quickly. There is a point to what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Firstly, there's what they call romantic love. This is the honeymoon love. Do you know what I mean? This lasts for maybe six months, sometimes 12 months. Who's still in their honeymoon stage after you've been married for 30 years? Put your hand up. Yeah, there's, there's a couple in here. Mark didn't put his hand up. Okay, no problems. I'll get your, I'll get your wife some of my wife's books. But, you know, that, that's romantic love. And as good as that love is, it's an immature love. Because many of us, you know what happens? We, we actually go to the altar sometimes more in love with the idea of marriage than actually the person we marry. That's romantic love. But the second stage is what we call the awakening stage, which is where we become aware that we've married someone that we love but are totally different to us. And they actually annoy us. There's some things they do that annoy us. Put your hand up. If, no, don't put your hand up. Don't, don't do that. We become aware that they're different. And the third stage is what we call the clashing of personalities where we want what we want. Now, do you know, uh, do you know my wife is an Aussie. I'm an Italian background. She's a country girl. She comes from a, a place called Melrose, three and a half hours out of Adelaide. And uh, she hates shopping. She's, there's something straight, exactly, she's weird. I love shopping. And so, you know, we, we came to this place and, and she just loves different things to me. And, you know, you come to this place and then you go, you know, this person is so different. And then we try and change the person. Now, do you know, this is where we call, in, in my generation, we used to call it the seven-year itch. Do you know? That's where people bail out of marriage. Now in Australia, we call it the two-year scratch. People are wanting to scratch out their eyes, you know what I mean? No joke. And we're noticing now that marriages are falling apart after two years because they don't understand the process of maturing love. And if they can work through, and young people listen to me, if they can work through that process and get to the fourth one, which is adjustment, you have to, how many of you know love demands adjustments? You have to surrender your will to another person. And it's really important. And if they get through that, then we come to unity. And if you get through that, you come to true intimacy of love. That's mature love. And that mature love accesses, makes you access a, a deeper connection with that person. Do you know that in church life, and the reason I give you these two examples, that in church life there are stages of maturity. Every church actually develops, just like we do, we go from children to teenagers to adults, so do churches. And your church is about, and this is really my point today, please capture this today, your church is about to take a shift in its spiritual maturity that will give you access to be able to access a new level of anointing and authority and confidence in Jesus Christ that is going to impact your community like you've never seen before. How many of you want to take that step? How many of you want to go forward into the things of God? And it won't just be in this building because sometimes we think church is a building. It's not. This flow of maturity, this flow of the anointing will so impact your church as individuals and corporately that that anointing will flow out not just into your communities but it will affect your families and you'll see your families go to a whole new level. 
this young man here, I, I don't know, how old are you, young man? 15? Yeah. Are you, you're at school, right? Are your parents here? Where's your mum? Right? What a great young man. He really is a great young kid. Do you know what? And, and you study hard. Study hard. Do you like studying? No, I thought not. No. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. You, you will owe me a lot of money after this, okay? <laughs> Give me your hand. Study hard, okay? I know it's not your, your preference of choice, but one day God's going to draw upon that, okay? He's actually going to surprise you, okay? He's going to surprise you. And because the call of God's on your life, there's some things God wants to shift in your life. I know you're young, but listen to me. There's some shifts happening in your heart. And if you allow God to do that, you'll be surprised with what God's going to do with you. He's going to surprise you, right? I know that sometimes kids can get a little bit frustrating and everything like that. But, you know, pray for him because God's hands on his life. All right? You believe that. All right? You take a hold of that today. Fantastic. Give them a big, big hand. So, you know... These shifts that are going to come are so, so important. Now, let me tell you very, very quickly. There are three things that we can identify about maturity as a church. There's what we call the deliverance stage. The deliverance stage was, was typified, if you read the book of Exodus, Moses was a deliverer. But, you know, is, the Israelites were at a, a mature stage of their spiritual development. And really, all they could access was, you know, God had to allow food to come from heaven. You know, they, they, they marched around and, you know, their, their clothes never wore out. Now, those of you that love shopping, that would be a real nightmare for you. Do you know what I mean? But it was really a, a place of survival. It was a place of just restoration. And it was good, but it wasn't the, the, the fulfillment of God, what God had for them. The second stage is what we call the possessing stage, which was typified by Joshua. Joshua was able to take the children of Israel, not just into their promise, but he took them to a new level of maturity. I really believe that your church is about to shift into a new level of maturity that will allow you to possess and access the greater promises of God that he has not just for this church but for individual families in this house. Can you give God a hand of praise for that? Who wants that? Who wants to grab a hold of that? And you know, when churches start to move in that dimension, all sorts of things impact the community. All of a sudden, the church goes, you know, and it's interesting what, what your, your series is, the church all of a sudden goes into the, this place of multiplication and mobilization that increases the influence of a church and the kingdom of God here on earth. The third stage is what we call the kingdom stage. And the kingdom stage is typified by David, King David. The kingdom stage is where the church is actually it's established in its purpose and its core values and it's also in its authority. There's great things that happen when a church comes into that kingdom stage. Not many churches, let me be this honest with you, I travel around quite a bit, not many churches actually go to the kingdom stage. And that is because they don't make the choice to keep growing. To keep growing, not just numerically, but in their spirit as an area of maturity. And it's really sad because when that happens, a church goes into what we call cyclic behavior. Who knows what I'm talking about? Cyclic behavior. 
And we just go round and round and round. God, that's not the kingdom of God. God's kingdom moves forward. God's kingdom possesses ground. And this is what this church is called to do. Let me say this to you. Great days are ahead of you. Great days are ahead of you. If, if, let me tell you this, every prophetic word comes with a condition of our obedience, comes with a condition of our saying, God, we are willing, we want to go forward. And let me tell you this, you know, sometimes we can get caught up, you know, church life can be great, you know, but listen, it's not about us, it's about what God wants to do in the community. And in our church, I know that we're, you know, just this year, our church took, took a shift. We moved from deliverance to possession, and the spirit of our church has changed, and we're seeing things that are happening in our church that we would have never dreamed of but you know what because our church has decided to move forward and say you know what we want to take this next level of growth let me tell you the access to the kingdom and the anointing and the spirit of God is increased in our church which has been absolutely amazing so I just sense in your church this is what's happening this is a defining time this is a defining moment this is where God wants to take you forward and if every one of you take that decision say come on let's move forward let me tell you in three years time you're going to see God do some amazing things in this process of that change that will surprise you and will give you great, great blessing. Let me give you the last thing very, very quickly. And that is to do that, you need to take a new step of faith. Now, how many of you want to take a new step of faith this morning? It means we need to move forward and take a brand new step of faith. Joshua chapter 3, verse 3, let me read it to you very, very quickly. This is what it says. When you see, so Joshua, let me tell you where he's at. He's about to take the children of Israel out of this this period of time where they've been in a deliverance mindset. And he's about to take them across the Jordan, which, which is a line of demarcation of their past and bringing them into the future. And what happens is as soon as they cross the Jordan, they enter into a new season of their, their, the Israelites' future. But if they had stayed back and they'd never crossed over, they would have never entered into promise. You know what's really sad is sometimes churches have got great prophetic callings upon them. They've got great purpose, but because they never take that next step, they can't access what God has got for them. And you know what I sense in this church? You're ready to go. You are ready to move forward and access the things of God. So this is what it says in Joshua chapter 3, verse 3. This is what it says. When you see the Ark of the Covenant... And the priests carrying it, you are to move out of your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since, listen to this, since you've never been this way before. Do you know this decision wasn't just a leadership decision. This decision was led by the Holy Spirit. It says when you see the Ark of the Covenant, in other words, the presence of God, I believe that God is leading this church and encouraging you to come closer to him, to come closer into the, the greater intimacy that you will have with him. And that's a sign of you saying, God, we want to take a new step of maturity in you because we want to access what you've got for us. Can you, can you say amen to God on that? Because that's what God wants. Do you know what? New seasons will always demand new steps of faith to be taken to enter new territory. And this is what the reality of it. You've never been this way before. Do you know what, what's ahead of you you've never seen? You, you, this is a whole new season. And sometimes we, we're, we're scared of the unknown. 
But let me tell you, don't be fearful of the unknown because God will guide you. He will open those doors for you. Do you know, sometimes what happens, we don't want to step into those new seasons. We don't want to step into those seasons of faith because of the unfamiliar, because things are uncomfortable, because sometimes things are even unpopular. But if you grab a hold, if you're courageous and you say, God, I'm going to take a new level of faith. I'm going to step out into a new level of faith. Let me tell you what you will access will absolutely surprise you and the overflow of the Spirit of God into this community will be amazing. Do you know about, um, and I'm rushing this because of time, but about 15 years ago when I was, you know, being trained in the prophetic, you know, God was very, very gracious to me. And, um, you know, what used to happen is that, um, you know, I'd sometimes look at a person and the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to me about that person and he would begin to tell me some significant things that those people were going through. And it was great because it gave me great grace and it gave me great opportunity to minister to people. And then six months in... After that particular time, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, are you ready to go to a new level of maturity? Are you, level, are you ready to go to a new level of grace in you know, the, the prophetic? And I said, yeah, God, I, I, absolutely. So one day, you know what happened? I was, it, it, it so changed. It so shifted. It shifted in one meeting. I remember sitting down and I was looking around and seeing if, who God wanted me to speak to and nothing was happening. It was so different. And I got up to, to share and uh, I was at a leadership summit and I was uh, you know training leaders and things like that and they were waiting for me to finish preaching because then what was going to happen are you the piano player are you you coming up now brilliant great that gives me a great this is going to finish in five minutes am I on time we're doing okay good so you know so what happened is that that um you know usually like I said um you know I would just pick someone out and the Holy Spirit had already spoken to me about them but all of a sudden something shifted and I realized that God was bringing me into a new level of maturity. It was a new level of faith. And so what happened is that I just thought, well, I'm going to have to go with it. They were waiting for me to prophesy. And all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit highlighted this person. And, and, but I had nothing. I had nothing for them. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, just get him to stand up. So I got him to stand up. And then the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And this is what he said. Tell him to shave his beard off. Now, how many of you know that is not a prophetic word? That's a pathetic word. And I'm going, what? What is this? I had never been in that realm before. I'd never stepped into that realm before. And now I'm really worried because, you know what, you don't, you know, that is not a prophetic word. And I thought, God, how am I going to tell this man to shave his beard? If he looked quite rough and quite tough, and I thought, I ain't telling him. And so I started stalling. And, you know, everybody's waiting for me to prophesy. So, I, you know, I said, oh, would you come out the front? And he came out the front, got everybody clapping. And all I kept getting was, tell him to shave his beard off. And I'm going, this is not a prophetic word. God, I ain't going to do this. Prophetic ministries had bad reputations in Australia. And I thought, I don't want to add to it. I don't want to be another one of those people. But all I kept getting is, tell him to shave his beard off. So I just stalled. So I said, are you married? He goes, yes. Yeah. Says, your wife here. Pulled his wife out. Got them all clapping. They're all waiting for me to prophesy. <laughs> then I began to go, man, I've never been here before. This, this was scary. This was a whole new level of faith. I didn't know what to do. So then I started to create a safety net. You know what I did? I said, you know, sometimes Jesus did some weird things in the Bible. You know, when he healed people, he spat in the ground. I'm trying to create a safety net as much as possible. All I'm hearing is, tell him to shave his beard off. I felt like saying, you tell him to shave his beard off. I ain't going to tell him to shave his beard off. 
this was another level. I'd never been here before. I didn't realize what was going on in my spirit. It was a new level of faith. And you know what happened? You know, I just thought, man, you know, time is going on. They're all waiting. They're all going, come on, mate, get on with it. Just like your pastor's saying at the moment, he's going, will you hurry up and get on with the story? And so do you know what happened? I just said, look, mate, I know this sounds weird, but, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling me to shave your beard off. You need to shave your beard off. Well, the man, he just looked at me like, I'm going to kill you. But his wife started laughing her head off. I said, I thought, what are you laughing for? She goes, I said, what are you laughing for? She goes, I've never seen him. We've been married for 30 years. I've never seen him without a beard. And then I realized that he was stuck in a moment. I didn't know that his church wasn't growing. He wasn't growing as a leader. He was stuck. He was stuck in things of the past and couldn't move forward. And so I began to prophesy over him about change, that God was going to change his heart. There was not just an outward change, but a phys- a, 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 an intimate change of the heart, that as he responded to God, things were going to open up, things were going to change, and he was going to accelerate, and God was going to do some great things. Well, from there, the meeting just took off and went to another level. Do you know, a year later, I was at another conference. I finished speaking. I got off the platform. This man came up to me. I didn't recognize him. He came up to me. He goes, oh, hi, do you remember me? And I'm there. No, no, I'm sorry. I meet a lot of people. He goes, beard. As soon as he said beard, fear just came all over me. I just thought, no, what is going on here? And uh, I, I didn't know what to do. I said, look, are you okay? He said, listen, mate, let me tell you something. I was so angry at you. You know, prophetic words aren't always encouraging when they come from a prophet. Sometimes they cut to the chase of the heart. And so what happened is he said to me, I struggled for seven days. But for those seven days, every morning my wife would get up. She would, she would wake up. She'd just look at me and laugh her head off. And it was so annoying. And eventually she said to him, Why, when are you going to do what God told you to do? You know, he shaved his beard off. The moment he did that, it's, it's, it's like a weight lifted. He said, my, it was like my mind was trapped. And what happened? happened is the spirit of God so moved on me he said I began to change the way I do leadership I began to change the way I do life I began to change the way I do things at home he said my church has now doubled my church now has gone to another new level because friends it wasn't about his beard it was about his heart God always touches the heart but new levels of faith we all have to access them do you know when that happened to me this is what happened to me personally the day I stepped into that realm the access of accessing what God had for me became so much greater far beyond what I could even even imagine. And you know what? That's where God wants to take this church. That's where God wants to take you. So would you stand to your feet very, very quickly? We're going to close for this. How many of you are ready to go to another level? Put your hand up. Come on, put your hand up. I just want to speak into the life of this church. I know that there's going to be some structural changes and there's going to be some changes and everything like that. But let me tell you, friends, you've got to capture this in your heart. If you're ready, if you can see what I can see in the Spirit, let me tell you, in three years' time, this church will look different. And it's not because it's going to be a bad shift. There's going to be some great shifts that's going to make you access the purpose of God like never before. But this morning, this is what I'd like you to do. Just prophetically, just as a prophetic symbol, would you just step back as close as you can to your chair? Because this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to, for all of us, because you need to all grab a hold of this, for all of us to take a step forward. I'm going to do that on the, on the count of three. I'm going to count three. And then on the count of three, I would like you to take a step forward. Sim- 
symbolizing, hey, we're ready to move forward as a church. Can you give me an amen to that? You know, are you ready to move forward as a church? And as you do, let me tell you, the doors, literally the doors of heaven will open up to a whole new sphere of influence, a new sphere of authority and confidence in Jesus Christ. Are you ready? On the count of three. When we've done that, then what I want you to do, I want you to give God the the loudest clap offering that you can. Is that okay? Because I believe something is shifting, is already shifted in the atmosphere, and it's going to make you access some great things. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, take that step. Come on now, give God praise. Would you do that? Come on, give Him praise. Come on, give Him praise. Come on, give Him praise. Come on, just for a moment. Just give Him praise. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven now. Come on, lift your hands. Say, God, today we take a hold of everything. Come on, lift your hands now, just for a minute. Just lift your hands towards heaven. Just lift your hands towards heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the heart of this church. I thank you for the spirit of this church, that Lord, you are moving them forward to another level, a new level of authority, a new level of grace, a new level of access to your purpose in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God another hand of praise.